Hi everyone, welcome back to the Careers in Medicine podcast. In today's episode, we'll be taking a closer look at pediatrics, a specialty in medicine. Today I'll be interviewing Dr. Kanthi Vitala, who is a pediatrician hospitalist in Arizona. I'm super excited to get to know more about her career path and the journey it took to get there. So let's get started. Hi, doctor. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today, and I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit more and to get to know a little bit more about pediatrics. So let's get started. Thank you, Sanjana. Thanks for having me over. I'm really excited as well. Cool. Yeah. So um, my first question was, um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? And um, yeah. So um, I'm Kanti Vitala. I'm a pediatric hospitalist um, based in um, um, Arizona. I work for Banner Children's Hospital, and it um, it is a, a children's hospital attached to um, an adult hospital, about 120 beds. Um, and so I'm basically um, based in only hosp- hospital medicine. And um, I take care of children who get admitted to the hospital, as well as I take care of newborn babies that are born in, in the hospital. Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. So along with that, could you just tell me a little bit more of what you do like on a daily basis, like what your schedule is usually? So since I was telling you I'm a pediatric hospitalist, which means I'm basically I'm completely based in a hospital or inpatient setting. Um, so on a daily basis, I actually round on um, children who get admitted to um, the pediatric floors and um, I take care of them um, and um, um, I interact with them. I take care of them and I, um, I try to send them home. And I coordinate, um, there are several specialties um, available in the hospital. So I try to coordinate all the specialties and um, giving the right kind of care um, to, uh, to a child. Um, so that's basically it. And um, we do take calls. So obviously children have to get admitted the, to the hospital. That means we get calls from the ER. Um, they do um, call us asking that they can't actually, some children who come to the ER, they, they get treated, but they need longer care other than just the ER management. So they are the ones who actually come to the, come into the hospital and I take care of those kids. Um, I do cover newborn nurseries as well in two different hospitals. So whenever the babies are born, I take, um, I, um, go in and examine and make sure that the babies are appropriate, um, doing appropriately what they're supposed to do. And they, um, then I send them home. Cool. Yeah. So, um, how does that go about like checking if, um, like the newborn babies are okay? Like, do you mind telling me a little bit more about, uh, your checkups usually? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, when the babies are born, we make sure that um, we score those babies when the babies are born. We call them our APGAR scores. So based on the baby's tone, the baby's cry, the baby's color, um, we um, come up with a score. And at one minute and five minutes, we score those babies. And based on that, um, that comes up 
on the exam. And after that, we do a complete exam, head to toe exam. Basically, we, we check the head size and make sure that the head size is okay, the weight is okay, the height is okay. Um, we have, um, as you can see, there's growth charts for children starting newborns. So we plot them on the newborn growth curve and make sure that they're um, in a reasonable range in that curve. Then we do a complete exam from head to toe, as I was mentioning, we check the eyes, nose, um, we make sure that there's nothing in the mouth, the, um, the roof of the mouth is intact, then um, we check for any kind of abnormal skin markings, uh, if there's any bruising, if there's any um, um, malformations, capillary malformations, we call it hemangiomas. Um, so uh, we check those um, and we listen to the heart and lungs and make sure that um, the heart is beating appropriately. Um, the heart rate is appropriate, the rhythm is normal. There is no additional heart sounds like murmurs. Um, we also listen to the lungs and make sure that they are breathing appropriately. There's no additional um, abnormal breath sounds as well as they're um, not they, they're not working too hard to breathe. We check their bellies, um, their muscle tone, um, and we check their reflexes. Yeah, wow. So you guys really uh, do a full body examination from like mm -hmm. head to toe, right? Yes, from head to toe. And then um, also we make sure that the baby's blood sugars are okay. Um, at 24 hours, uh, we make sure that they, we do something called a heart screen, uh, which basically we check the oxygen levels in the um, arm and the leg. And um, when we do that, um, if there is a discrepancy, that means there is a concern for an underlying heart condition. Not all heart abnormalities are detected that way, but most of them are. And so we, uh, we do that too. And uh, there is newborn screen that every state actually sends out, um, um, testing for common metabolic abnormalities that are detected that need to be detected early enough so that the babies are safe. Um, and also, we check for jaundice levels. These are the stuff that we usually do uh, before the babies are sent home. Cool. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I didn't really know that there was so much that had to be checked before a baby uh, is like clear to go home. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, my next question is, um, uh, why did you actually decide to become a pediatrician? And what uh, caused you to uh, love the speciality of pediatrics as opposed to other specialties? So um, I love working with children. Um, right from the beginning, I've always loved um, working with kids. Um, even before med school, I was always interested in working with the other children, just kind of actually like um, gathering everybody, kind of being their leader and try trying to actually like come up with a team. Um, so when I was in med school, when I was in probably, I think third year med school, when I was doing my peds rotation, I was kind of actually like debating whether I should go for um, adult medicine versus pediatrics. Um, There's this one little child that um, came up to me and um, she asked me if she could actually listen to her heart with her, with my stethoscope. So um, I just made her um, um, listen to her heart and I could see the twinkle in their eyes. And basically when I, when it, it made a whole lot of, she came in, she was admitted to the hospital with some um, chronic illness and she's been there forever. Uh, that didn't actually decrease her spirits at all. And she's always, in, she's always interacting and happy. 
even though she was really um, sick and she's been in the hospital. Um, those, that kind of actually like made me realize that um, children are definitely not little adults. They're totally different individuals and their their abnormalities their um sorry their disease processes is totally different the way that we treat children is totally different from when we treat adults and that sparkle in her eyes is is a reminder that actually like you know I wanted that I wanted to see that spark in every child's eye that actually comes through the hospital doors when they're leaving and that's that was my main goal and that's one of the reasons why I actually chose pediatrics instead and also inpatient pediatrics instead of um, um, outpatient pediatrics. Cool yeah that's such a cute story of the little girl yeah um, yeah so what's the difference between outpatient and um, inpatient like in the hospital? When it comes so to Outpatient pediatrics, like if you remember when you were a child, you just go to the doctor for a well visit every um, every um, every year or so to get your shots to actually talk about um, your health in general, and you actually just um, go to the doctor whenever you're sick. Um, so that's basically outpatient pediatrics. So they are actually there is a continuity of care for outpatient pediatrics. It has its own positives in um, and um, negatives um, as in. The only, probably the negative is that it's not as intellectually challenging. You don't see the complexity of diseases in outpatient pediatrics as often as you see on a daily basis in patient pediatrics. You kind of manage more, much more complexity, um, much more severely ill, ill children in the hospital when compared to outpatient, um, outpatient clinic setting. So um, I wanted something that is int interesting every day, um, not just a routine kind of a way. Although I do miss the continuity of care um, that is not available in the inpatient setting where you you do deal with a lot of sick children. Um, you manage um, um, children that come in pretty sick, especially children, the um, in, um, in children, they actually get sick pretty fast. Um, they're very resilient. So um, they do get sick faster, but they rebound very fast too. We don't see as much uh, um, depth in uh, children as, as compared to adults. And that's one of the other reasons why I chose pediatrics. I, um, I don't like to deal with a whole lot of death um, in chronic, um, chronic illnesses. Um, that we usually see um, in adults um, that you, we don't see, we don't usually see it in kids. Um, so um, in inpatient setting, it's basically like you manage the children's illnesses. Um, most of the time we actually see only children who are sick, significantly sick to be admitted to the hospital. Um, and the complexity uh, varies from um, less severe to much more severe. Um, and if it gets, out of hand, we have um, an ICU that we usually send them to, obviously. Um, there's intensivists, the peds intensivists that they actually manage the ICU. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, so my next question is kind of a big one, but um, mm -hmm. so like overall, could you explain your path to becoming a pediatrician, like your major in undergrad, med school, all of that? So basically, I did my med school in India. So that kind of actually breaks down to um, I um, after my plus two, um, I did an entrance exam where um, we are 
um, where based on the score, we actually are ranked. And then um, we have something called counseling where we, um, uh, we have different choices of med schools that are available based on our rank. And um, I, uh, I did pick out a med school that is closer to home. Um, that med school was for four years, plus uh, we had to do a mandatory internship for a whole year before we get our um, um, degree certificate. So that's one of the things that I did. And then after that, I came here. Um, I did my boards, the USMLEs. Um, there's four exams total, but three steps. So we call it step one is basically pre-clinical pre subjects. Um, that, that's basically anatomy, um, physiology, pathology, microbiology, um, pharmacology. These are all the preclinical subjects that uh, don't need um, um, clinical um, or, you know, you, you don't directly involve with patient care. Um, so th that's step one. Um, and there's step two, there's, that's broken down into two parts. Um, CK is basically um, a theory exam. Again, um, this is basically um, mock question, questions, um, multiple choice question exam. And that's actually um, clinicals, all the clinical um, subjects like pediatrics, um, um, medicine, internal medicine, uh, surgery, or, or obstetrics, gynecology. These are all the questions based in um, in those subjects, um, you um, have to give like an eight hour long exam. And there is a CS, which basically is a practical exam where there's mock patients that are um, there. Um, this is again, a day long exam as well. So basically you, um, you just basically have these mock patients with different conditions. You have to diagnose them. Um, you have to talk to them like you're talking to patients. Um, diagnose them and then come up with the answers. Um, and that's a whole long, whole day too. And then there is a step three, which basically is a combination of everything that can be taken, um, technically taken after um, you, you start residency. So basically you need um, the first three parts, the step one and the step two CK and CS scores to apply for residency. Um, once you apply for residency, um, there, um, and you just basically like have this uh, personal statement and like you apply to different uh, places that you want to go um, and uh, you get called for interviews. And once um, you attend all the interviews, you, um, you basically score um, which one you want to go with, which, your, which one is your first preference and second preference and third and so on. And they score you as well. And they kind of actually has this complex software that matches you in, um, in one of the programs. And so you actually start residency. Residency is, a residency in pediatrics is three whole years. Um, so it's basically different. Um, you're just basically exposed to different areas in pediatrics, including, um, um, including a part of surgery as well. So basically we have like a month long surgery rotation electives. Um, there's community pediatric rotation where you um, just go out in the community, just kind of actually see what is available for children in the community um, as in what, what a social worker does um, on a daily basis, what uh, a child protective services worker does, what a 
what does a cop do to protect those children out in the community? What are the other services available for children with disabilities? Um, what kind of schools are available like IEP plans and stuff like that? So we learn about that. Um, and there are several inpatient rotations like NICU, um, PICU, which is a pediatric intensive care unit. NICU is neonatal intensive care unit where there's premature babies that we take care of them. Um, and there's inpatient pediatric subcourse. Um, and there's different subspecialties like cardiology, pe pediatric cardiology, pediatric nephrology, neurology, all those subspecialties. So that's a three-year long program. Once you're done, you give your boards. And once you become board certified, you're free to practice um, inpatient as well as outpatient pediatrics. Cool, yeah. Um, one question about residency I had actually is, like I've heard residency is very cut, sorry, excuse me, cutthroat and kind of very competitive. So is that actually true? And if so, like how do you, how did you deal with that? And yeah. So residency itself, um, it, it's so basically there's several other residents that are actually sailing in the same boat as you. So basically it is, it's really hard. Um, to go through residency. There's like all these inpatient rotations. There, there's a lot of expectations from um, your attendings, meaning your, um, your teachers um, that you have to actually meet certain criteria. You have to do this. You have to actually, um, you have to learn this. And there's like tests and stuff. Yes, uh, it is definitely tough, but it's actually, if you're passionate about something and you're actually like heading in the direction um, it just cuts down the whole, um, the whole, the whole hard work. Um, you just basically enjoy what you're doing. So um, you learn, um, and there's a lot of learning experience. So obviously you learn, um, and this is just basically you're building your future path. So it's it's yeah, you have your own fun, and there's. Um, um, the other residents that are actually sailing in the same boat too. So obviously you, um, you try to actually like get in touch with them and have um, interact outside work as well. So it's, it's really been fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I assume that's like your passion for pediatrics is what also motivated you to continue studying and going through so much schooling, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you have to be on call for emergencies. So how does um, that really work? And how does the call system work? So basically, so we, so we have like certain number of shifts that I have to actually do inpatient pediatrics works differently than outpatient pediatrics in that that I have to work weekends as well. And holidays, um, there is, we are a big group of hospital hospitalists. We call them, we call ourselves hospitalists, pediatric hospitalists in, in the sense that we just manage patients in the hospital. So um, we're a big group. So it depends upon what group you're working with. So my group, uh, we have about 15 pediatric hospitalists, full-time hospitalists that manage both um, take care of children during the daytime as well as nights. So our on-call schedule um, is basically like uh, a combination of um, we 
when we work, we work on a, a week stretches. So my week could start from anywhere from Monday uh, through Sunday or Wednesday through Tuesday. So we try to actually keep everything concise. So um, there's continuity of care of those patients. So there is a combination of um, um, inpatient pediatrics as well as nursery to kind of actually break it down so that our lives, we have uh, are just to care, kind of actually give us a good work-life balance as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we are on call, uh, we um, are t- uh, taking em- calls from emergency room, which is the ER, who gives us admissions to the patient, admissions um, from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. Cool. So I take all the admissions and I kind of actually like, you know, I have the other hospitalists working with me as well. So we kind of try to coordinate. Um, there's one person staying till 7 p.m. So if I'm on call, I'm staying till 7 p.m. every uh, on that day. Um, but the others get to leave when their work is done. That means when they're actually finished rounding, seeing all the children that are admitted in the hospital or the children that are assigned to them, they can actually go home. Um, but at the same time, they usually help out with the admissions because the ER, when they actually admit patients, um, they do admit several of them. And it's just hard for one person to uh, take all the admissions. Kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah, and so also, like, what is the thing that you love most about your job that keeps you going? Working with children itself is very, um, um, it, it just keeps me going. I love uh, working with kids. Um, um, they're really, um, they're, they're really very fun to work with, um, even if they're, once they're actually, they're pretty resilient. That's the other thing that actually keeps me going. So they get sick fast, but they actually rebound pretty fast as well. So that means there are, um, they get better fast too. I don't see a whole lot of um, death I, as I was talking to you mm-hmm. earlier. They do uh, get sick, um, significantly sick. So you, they, they go downhill pretty fast. So you have to be really vigilant when you're actually taking care of these children. Um, keeping a very close eye on them um, to make sure that they're when to kind of recognize those subtle signs when they're going downhill, um, being quick to react um, to kind of actually get them back up. So it just keeps me going um, every day that I get to see all these um, um, children and um, taking care of their health as well as um, get, making them better and uh, getting them home. That's where they need to be. Yeah, and along with that, um, what what are some challenges that you feel that you face um, in your job? So, taking care of children it's it's not just taking care of children, right? So you have to actually um, take care of their families as well. So basically, like you treating children is um, it's not just treating individual children, but you uh, you have their parents involved. You are questionable. Um, you're sorry, you're answerable to their questions and you, um, there are several different kinds of parents um, that you encounter on a daily, daily basis. So um, that could be, there's some parents that could be challenging um, that, um, that pose a lot of, um, that 
that pose a lot of questions on why we're doing what we're doing, which is kind of actually, be, it's kind of good in a way that they're interested in their child's care, but at the same time, sometimes um, if they don't trust your judgment and um, if they don't trust your um, treatment plan, um, that kind of becomes challenging and it's um, it becomes, it becomes a challenging in a way that you have to actually like, um, you have to explain to them and make them understand why we are doing what we're doing and why we didn't do um, the same thing earlier. Um, can it make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, also, um, so you guys treat a lot of really young kids who haven't had eligibility to get like vaccination against COVID. Mm -hmm. and things like that. So how do you guys uh, deal with that in the hospitals, especially with newborn babies? So, um, so there are children, there are COVID um, um, patients admitted in the hospital right now. So um, we are definitely seeing a lot more children being admitted to the hospital in this um, wave um, when compared to the other two waves that we've actually seen earlier um, last year as well as earlier this year mm -hmm. um, the kids are getting a lot sicker uh, with this delta variant requiring a lot of um, respiratory support including ICU um, ICU stay and we are actually kind of a step down from the ICU so when kids get better from the ICU they they kind of actually pass it on to us so we take care of those kids before uh, we send them out of the door um, once they're appropriate for um, discharging home. So um, it's kind of become, I mean, obviously they're actually um, um, kind of trying to actually um, recognize those subtle signs when they're actually getting sicker, when they need ICU versus when they will be managed at home is kind of challenging. Um, newborns, um, so basically we don't see we do see mom, uh, newborns born to mom, moms with COVID. Right now, the AAP recommendation, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, their recommendation is to actually have the babies in the room with the mom um, and continue breastfeeding with um, having mom mask and every, mask on and kind of actually maintaining social distancing during the rest of the time when she is not breastfeeding. Um, just to kind of actually... Um, get that bonding with mom and the baby right from the beginning. That's the goal um, that they're trying to do. So we test those babies at 24 hours. Um, if they're staying longer, we test them at 72 hours of age uh, for COVID. But most of the time, we're not seeing them um, COVID. Them, uh, although the moms are COVID positive, we're not seeing the babies um, uh, with COVID, but the goal is to kind of actually like um, prevent COVID in these children. We do advise them to actually go home with um, another adult um, and kind of keep distance as much as possible from the mom so that these kids don't, these babies don't get sick. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so like to go along with the whole COVID-19 pandemic, um, especially with the new wave of the Delta variant. Um, what mm -hmm. do you advise as um, the best way to fight the pandemic and get it over with sooner? Um, the best way to actually fight 
the pandemic is to achieve herd immunity. So the herd immunity can be achieved by getting vaccine, um, getting enough people with antibodies so that they're not passing on the illness to the others. Um, also, wearing the mask at all times when you're in public, um, when there is definitely, when there is a close contact association, when you're indoors uh, with somebody, um, just wearing a mask when you're actually out in the store, um, good hand washing, not touching your face, um, especially when you're, you're, you'll be surprised as to how the germs spread you 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 will know um you won't know that you're actually like automatically touching several things and just spreading those germs on your face so um just kind of actually like good hand washing wearing a mask and getting a shot when you are eligible that is children over 12 and all adults are eligible right now so um getting a vaccine when when whenever you're eligible yeah cool yeah um, and my last and final question is, um, what would you say are your words of wisdom to the kids out there who want to become doctors and uh, pediatricians specifically? So um, becoming a doctor is a very long path, as you know, as well. So you have in, in, in U.S., um, you guys have to go through four years of college and med school and after that residency um everything involves a lot of hard work um and um goal-oriented um um mindset um so i'd advise if you're really passionate about something go for it um and it needs a lot of hard work and it is actually very time taking. So um, there's a lot of ups and downs during the, the whole path of um, getting into um, or starting um, um, becoming a pediatrician or becoming a doctor as such. There is a lot of hard work involved. So um, there's a lot of ups and downs. Just don't get disheartened. Um, just keep working towards the goal and um yeah if you're passionate about it um you will definitely um achieve your goal with your hard work cool yeah thank you so much for taking your time out of your day and your busy schedule to join me today for this episode it was so interesting to hear about your uh your schedule daily and um how you treat children. And um, it was so interesting to learn about your journey to becoming a pediatrician. So thank you so much. No problem, Sanjana. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you guys really enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about the specialty of pediatrics from Dr. Vitala. I know her journey will really help so many students out there learn more about pediatrics. So thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for my next episode.